is a rare game. The men who play it make it so. Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Coming now, buddy. We on our horse all day long. Let's just kick that foot all day long. Pick it up. America, reflecting toughness, courage, and self-denial. All right, here we go. Here we go. This is another one of these. Um, And listen, I, I want to talk about the Bears, the Chicago Bears, my beloved Chicago Bears on this one. Um, So where are we at here? Full disclosure, uh, I'm extremely hungover today. Bowling League was last night. And if you think that I didn't go to another bar after the bowling alley closed down and continue to get shit-faced, you would be wrong. Uh, I, in fact, did do that. And I could really go for some biscuits and gravy right now. But with that out of the way, this is a great – listen, if David Haw can can be a sport – like a radio personality, like a sports personality, I feel like anybody can do it. Literally anybody can do it. So here I am uh, back with another one of these. I made one like a couple – I made this actually a couple years ago, and it was for like Illini basketball, Brad Underwood era. Everybody was shitting on Brad Underwood. I told everybody, you know, to – that he's actually a really good coach. And here we are. Andy Katz has them uh, as a projected number one seed in the NCAA tournament. If that ever happens, who knows what's going to happen. If there's still a world and shit by next March, he's got them projected as the number one seed. Uh, so fast forward. Uh, and the biggest, like the biggest Twitter story, at least like, you know, this is a great month for Chicago sports. You got two, two baseball teams in the playoffs. The Bulls hired Billy Donovan, which that gives them, you know, that puts them back on the, like Billy Donovan is a name guy. Like that gives you some credibility. Like all of a sudden the Bulls, they got fucking Arvita Sabonis or whatever his name is, uh, running the show. I know that's not his name. It's like AK or something. Whatever that guy, whoever he is, great, great basketball guy. Pumped about him. Then you bring in Billy Donovan, and now all of a sudden you got some good basketball people in the building. So credibility right now, regardless of what you think about Billy, like if he can get it done or what kind of coach he is. or I mean, the guy was in the West winning fucking basketball games, you know, in the, the golden era of the Western Conference. So, you know, I, it's, it's an upgrade over fucking Jim Boylan. Anyway, exciting month, uh, exciting month right now, exciting times in Chicago. But the biggest story is the Chicago Bears, all right? And so let me just let me just say this. And and instead of fucking just arguing back and forth on Twitter, you know, all day, um I uh I'm just going to I'm just going to say what I need to say or what I want to say. And this is these are my opinions. And you know, you, you're will. You know, I'm sure that the, it's not like. Well, I know for a fact that that it's not. You know, not everybody agrees with me, and that's fine. You can fuck yourself, just like I can go fuck myself. It's cool. You know, we don't have to agree. But I want to say first of all that I'm glad that the Bears are three and zero. That's the important thing: the wins and losses. The W's are the most important thing to me. So that's where I am at right this very second. That's like if all shit aside, 
the fact that the Bears are three and zero, and we're trying to go four and zero next week. That's that's got me. You know, that gives me the tingly feeling in my fucking scrode. Right? So that's good. Now, let's get to the other thing. Let's get to the, the main topic right now. And that is the Bears, the quarterback situation. All right? And for me, it's more about, it's not even about like the two quarterbacks. It's just about the bullshit, like the meathead, the meatball. Chicago sports fans. And they're fucking meatball sports takes. And, you know, somebody might think that I'm a meatball by the time this is over if you listen to it. By the way, there were 60 listeners on the first two episodes. So I have a rabid 60-person fan base out there somewhere. If you're listening, thanks. I love you. Maybe I'll give you a $5 Farm and Fleet card. I've had it for three years. Hit me up, and it could be yours if I know that – if I know you're listening. But (laughs) – so um here we are, right? And I just love it's it's like we go one extreme or the other. It's like either the greatest thing ever or the worst thing ever. There is literally no in between. If you look at Twitter right now, if you just, you know, random, if you put in, if you hashtag bears it, you're gonna see 95% of like the tweets. And the people are going to be like, Nick Foles is the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of mankind right now. Greatest thing ever. And I got to admit, like, visor Nick Foles, that look might be the greatest thing ever. But we, we, we forget. This, this, okay, first of all, let's just start here. All right, this is, this is right off. The top of the dome. I don't have like anything prepared for this. This is basically just my rambling thoughts that I go through throughout the day. Um, but Nick Foles had to come like the Bears beat the Falcons. This is like a victory Monday on a Wednesday. Bears beat the Falcons to move to three and zero. Right, the Falcons completely imploded in that game. Like, I've never seen, I've watched a lot of Bear games. Been a Bear fan for a long time, like since the day I was born. Watched a lot of Bear games. Uh, I, I was there in 2001 when Dick Jaron, when Mike Brown, you know, caught the two deflected uh, interceptions in overtime and returned them both to the same corner of the end zone. Like, I, I wasn't in the house, but I was like, well, I did, a, I did, I ran around my house. I did a lap when I was a kid, like literally a lap and I was yelling. Those and they had huge fourth quarter comebacks. I've never seen an implosion like the Falcons did. They literally did everything they could to lose that game. Like how Dan Quinn wasn't immediately relieved of his job after that game, especially coming off the Cowboys game that they fucking blew the week before last, which was actually worse. Well, they actually had a bigger lead in that one. They were up 20 points at that one and they were up nine minute left or well, no I'm sorry they were up nine with like two and some change the Cowboys had no timeouts and the Falcons lost that game you, onside kick it's so Falcons imploded right now the Bears took advantage like they should have but here's the thing right Mitch Trubisky had the exact same comeback week one. No, every the the what people wanted to talk about for the most part, right? Unless you are 
a Mitch Trubisky supporter. Everybody wanted to talk about how bad, it, you know, how how bad it was before that. The 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 comeback didn't get nearly as much. He didn't get as much credit for that than now. But Nick Foles did the same thing, and he's the best thing that's ever happened in the world. He told Anthony Miller to go to the L. That's the greatest thing that's ever happened. Like. There's this really dorky video out there where this dude is like coming in his pants because he told Nick Foles at the two-minute warning, told Anthony Miller, hey, I'm going to be facing a lot. I might get a lot of pressure here. Run to the L. I'm going to float it because I'm not going to have time to think about where you're going to be. Uh, you just got to get there. I'm going to throw it up. And that's, that's what happened. Like he was hit when he threw it, which was a die. It was a great play, great throw, taking nothing away. You know, big dick Nick on that one for sure. You know, give him – you know, ring the bell, great play, great throw. But like they're like this dude is literally like the narrative around that, like that probably happens a couple times a game where it's like, hey, you know, we gotta improvise here a little bit because they're probably gonna bring more people than we can than we can block. So it's really not a big deal, but it's just like the eye of the beholder, right? Like if you're if you're jacked up about Nick Foles, that's gonna make you cream in your fucking loins a little bit. You know? So but it shouldn't. It literally shouldn't, right? The, the, like everything that could have went right for the Bears sh- did. So that's why I'm like, listen, let's fucking let's 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 hit the brakes a little bit. Let's wait to see what happens next week. Let's give it a week where the Colts have a chance to prepare for Big Dick Nick, you know, and they put in the defense to to uh when they prepare for him to stop what his strengths, right? He's not mobile. He's not going to get out of the pocket. They're going to bring pressure, you know, whatever they're going to decide to do, okay? It's a different game plan with, with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles, right? And so the Falcons prepared for, for Mitch. They got Nick and, you, you know, and the Bears came back and won. Uh, but it could have been a lot of smoke and mirrors. There was short fields. The Falcons, like, they were still throwing the ball on first and second down up by two scores in the fourth quarter. And I get stayed aggressive, but at some point, like you want to take the air out of the ball at least a little bit. They had they had two drives of one minute in the fourth quarter. So and then they would punt it and they would get personal fouls, 15 yard penalties. That would move the ball like 15 yards for the Bears closer to the end zone, and that created a lot of short fields. The moment, like the momentum was steamrolling, and then Anthony or uh, Allen Robinson, like he threw it. There was the touchdown pass to Allen Robinson, where Nick Foles just kind of hung it out there on the sideline. Two Falcons in the area. Good defense picks that off, probably. Uh, ball got there the same time as the defender, but Allen Robinson did a good job of boxing the guy out and he kind of spun off of the tackle. And then the other cornerback that was there spun, like had a leg tackle, had him wrapped up and couldn't bring him down. Allen Robinson ran 30 yards to the end zone. So <laughs> it's just like, you can't count on that. Like if you're counting on that week in and week out, like if that's part of your game, plan, like if you think that that's going to happen again, that's not going to happen again, you know? And so it's, there was some dropped interceptions. There was some missed tackles. Atlanta didn't run the clock. Like Dan Quinn should have, they should have made him run out of the stadium naked and fired. Like I, I, it was, it was so bad. So 
I think that I want to wait to see it. Like it was, a, it was a, it was a, it was a, uh, just a, 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 what do they call that? Um, something of, of, it was just a chaos of perfect events. It's not chaos. Let me rub my mustache and see if the word comes to me. But uh, moving on. It's, uh, you know what? And, and listen, if Nick Foles, speaking of moving on, if Nick Foles comes out against the Colts and they move the ball and they score points and they run an efficient offense, and then, I, then, I'm, then I'm in. Then I'm all the way in and I'm a believer. I mean, I'm all the way in right now, but like I'll be a believer when that happens. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll start to think about what I want to do with the quarterback moving forward, like who we're going to draft in the next draft, whether I want Ryan Pace to make that decision, like that will change my whole mindset moving forward. I don't have a lot of confidence in Matt Nagy. I think he's a great leader of men. Don't really like the bears only score points when they're hurrying up. And it, the, the game plan is really out. like the game plan that he sets. And, you know, I get it. You could say, well, it's Mitch Trubisky's fault, but, like, whenever, for the most part, whenever it's a hurry-up situation and he's not calling the plays, it's not the game plan that he's that he put in for the game. When it gets out, of, when it gets away from that, is when the Bears start moving the ball and scoring points, and their talent wins out. And so, not a lot of confidence in my in my guy Nags. But if ever, if, if if the Bears look good Sunday, then I could get on board and I could be like, listen. Maybe I was wrong, and let's go ahead and and you know win a Super Bowl or whatever. But until then, I'm gonna reserve my opinion or my judgment or my like what I think can happen or should happen and, and, and all of that stuff, or admit that I was like wrong. Like, but other people like the Foles victory lap. You know, I mean, he 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 threw an interception. That was right through somebody's hands. It, it looked like if anybody has played Madden and from like 2000 to 2010, like when the guy would jump up to catch it and it would go through his hands, it would glitch out, and then somehow the receiver would catch it behind him. Like he threw, like that was probably the worst throw of the year, uh, uh, besides the Trubisky interception that got him benched. Like that was probably the worst throw that a Bears quarterback's made all season. That was Nick Foles. And credit to Jimmy Graham right there for keeping the concentration, turning that into something good. But then he fumbled it. But then Mooney picked it up, and then he fumbled it. Uh, but then he fell on it. <laughs> so, like, like, there was so much good fortune. Like, if you could if you could sum up the Bears' season in one play, it would be the, the glitch interception that didn't happen. It was like the disaster three times, but somehow worked out in the Bears' favor. Like, and... I get it that it's all in the eye of the beholder, right? It's just weird to me how Nick Foles can do no wrong. Mitch Trubisky sucks ass. And that's just the way it is. We forget, like, like Nick Foles threw that 50-50 ball in the end zone that got picked off. That, that we, we want to give Nick, well, that was a touchdown, you know, he threw five touchdowns. That that was a touchdown for Nick Foles. It was just a 50-50 ball. Mitch Trubisky threw that pass uh, in the second half against the Giants, same ball. And that's, well, Mitch sucks. He's inconsistent. Um, So we forget, I think the expectations on, on, on Big Dick, Nick, 
Like we forget that he's that he's been benched three times in his career. Like I think we're so starved. Like we just want anybody with some credibility to be throwing passes. Like, but he got benched in Philly, right? Because he came in, he started for a little bit, got benched. Then he went to St. Louis, got benched, played horrible. Started 11 games, threw seven touchdowns and 10 picks. Had like a 69 QBR or a passer rating or whatever. Excuse me. I almost hurled thinking about those numbers. Just kidding. It's I think probably had something to do with the fucking booze that I drank last night. Anyway. Um and then he and then, you know, he had the run with the Eagles, but where he won the Super Bowl, right? And that's why he's here. That's that's the only reason that Nick Foles is relevant in his career at all. That's the reason why he's still in the league probably is because the best thing that he ever did, the best thing that he ever did was go to uh, a team with an injury-prone quarterback that was ready to win, that had an elite offense, great offensive coach. You know, that's the best thing that he could have done because the MVP of the league, like Carson Wentz was going to win the MVP, but he got hurt with like five games left in the regular season. Nick Foles comes in. I mean, let's just keep it in perspective here. All right. You don't have to be a great quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Like Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Uh, Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. You know, Jeff Hostetler won a Super Bowl. Like if you win a Super Bowl, it's going to give you – like it's gonna give you, it's gonna earn you a lot of money, which it does historically. But if if you really look at it, like that team had like that team had Legarrette Blunt, like back when Legarrette Blunt was like just a, a a a beast running people over, like scary Legarrette Blunt. Darren Sproles was on that team. Like this is off the top of my head, right? They had Alshon Jeffrey when Alshon Jeffrey was at the height of his. Glory and all of his power, you know, he was like actually like a a, a really good receiver. Um, Nelson Aguilar, Torrey Smith, Zach Ertz, Brent Selleck, Trey Burton. Trey Burton was a factor on that team. You know that earned Trey Burton a lot of money <laughs> uh, from the Bears, and they had arguably the best offensive line like in the past decade. So I mean, good for him. Like you can't you can't really discredit a guy that wins the Super Bowl. It's hard to do that. And you kind of sound like you're a little like batshit crazy. But at the end of the day, like that was a pretty good situation to be in. And the Patriots defense fucking sucked. So Regardless, good for Nick Foles, earn him a contract with the Jags, right? People forget that he was brought in there to be the franchise guy. And yes, he got hurt on the first, I think his first throw of the season. Gardner Menchu came in and he was more of like, there, like he had the mustache, the jorts, like he was putting asses in seats. You know, he's a fun guy to rally behind. But the 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 substance, he, he wasn't very good. 
right? There was no, he shouldn't have been, the numbers that he was putting up, you shouldn't have been like, well, our big money franchise quarterback isn't the guy anymore. And I get that Minshew was a rookie or whatever, but Nick Foles came back and had the job back. So if he would have came back and and lit it up and been the guy and, and all that stuff, he wouldn't be in Chicago. The fact that Gardner Minshew was the guy that they decided to go with, that's that's not a good look for Nick Foles, regardless of the excuses that you want to make. And so they he signed a huge contract. He's gone within a year. So you so I just I need to see one more game. I need to see it for another game. You have all the six seventy score guys are losing their minds over it. Nick Foles is the best thing that's I like does he just give the Bears the best chance to be mediocre, I guess? I guess. Right? I guess he gives them the best chance to be mediocre in, in a lot of people's minds. But they're confusing that with Nick Foles is this really good quarterback, in turn, driving me fucking crazy. I think that's the problem. I think that's the issue that, that's happening right now. So, like, if I, had to, if I had to predict it, like, do I think that he's going to be good? No, I don't. I really don't. I think he's going to be a sitting duck against the Colts. I think he's probably going to be a little more. I think he's going to be a little more efficient in the offense. Like he's, it's probably going to like, and people, it's funny to me that people are like, it, you could just see it right away. It looks so much better. What? Like his first three drives, they didn't score any points. He almost got, he almost fumbled it. He almost threw an interception. Like, I, I guess that like, what well, it just looks a little bit more crisp or something, I guess. I, I would need some more specifics on that, but it, and even if it did, like <laughs> it's just like people, people, man, just fucking people, man. And and uh, listen, I need some fucking biscuits and gravy. That's all I'm saying. Um, I do. I think it's gonna be good. No, I do. I think that. They're going to be extremely mediocre on offense. Yep. Uh, they're still underdogs against the Colts. Like, make no mistake about this. Like, Bears fans, you know, they love it. But, like, we're still underdogs at home with a good defense for a reason. The Colts lost to the Jags, by the way, in Jacksonville to Gardner Minshew fucking great mustache i mean listen i'm a, I'm a gardner Minshew guy from the mustache alone you know that's a guy after my own heart but you know the colts aren't exactly like i mean they beat the shit out of the vikings i guess at home but they should never be favored in this game on the road in chicago they just shouldn't happen philip rivers this is a thousand years old you know they're down to their they're down a, they're down a running back marlon mack is hurt uh, they still they do have the the rookie from Wisconsin who you know they're just gonna feed him Jonathan is it Jonathan Taylor my God but they're just gonna feed him the rock so I guess that's where I guess that's where we're at now I want to see what happens and like I said if it if it looks good and everything and it, it it's like it's uh, you know we put up we put up twenty seven. And we win the game, and the offense is moving the ball, control, ball control, little fucking, you know, third down conversions are good. And, or, you know, like, it looks like a little bit like what what the Andy Reid offense looked like, which is what it's supposed to look like. 
I'm happy. I'll be I'll be happy. And then I'll start thinking about Trey Lance drafting him in the in the the the, the other bad part about this is like we're putting ourselves in a position not to draft high because we're winning games. So at what point do we decide to what point are we all, you know, like what if we lose the Colts? Then what? You know, do we finish fucking eight and eight and and not have an opportunity to draft the quarterback? I think we need to. Like that's what that's what's coming down to. If we're giving up on Trubisky, Nick Foles isn't the long term answer. We need to get somebody in there. Nick Foles could be a good bridge guy. Let's let's uh you know, if we're being honest, he could be a good br- bridge guy. Um he's a great dude. Like, Nick Foles is a great guy. Make no mistake about it. The dude is awesome. Culture guy, good locker room guy, teammate, you know, all of that. So, and he can make some throws. So bridge guy it is. But like, just where are we as a franchise? That's the weirdest part about being 3-0 and is we don't know if we're any good. That's, that's the issue. We don't know. We don't even know what groups are good. Like, are the receivers good? Are the, are the, is the defense, you know, like, are the linebackers good? Are the tight ends any good? Like, what do we have here? That's the problem. I think we're going to find out. And I think that's what Nags, I think that's what Nags wants. Like, that's why this was the quickest yank in the history. Like, this was the quickest pull of all time. When you think about a quarterback who's 2-0, uh, you know, who's got a 92 passer rating on the season, right? And you could say it's inconsistent or whatever, but your passer rating is exactly where you are as a football player, as a quarterback in the National Football League. Uh, I feel like I said that like a big jelly, like a quarterback in the National Football League. But it is. Like... The quarterback gets too much blame when things go bad. He gets too much credit when things go good. So your quarterback rating is where you're at. So it was just a weird, like, yeah, he probably was struggling a little bit against Atlanta. And if we're being honest, Mitch probably isn't. Like, for all the physical ability that he has, you know, he's probably not the greatest thinker in the room that he's in. You know what I mean? I probably can relate to that (laughs) quite a bit, actually. But, uh, and you know, he struggles, he probably doesn't process it like he should. And he struggles getting the deep ball, but that's not like some type of physical limitation. That's just like a mental hurdle that he needs to get over. I think he would have eventually. And if he started hitting those things, then maybe some shit would have opened up. And I still think that he has the physical tools and the ability to be, Pretty good quarterback in the NFL. I hope he gets the opportunity. If this isn't if if it if it doesn't happen in Chicago, I hope he gets another one and and he and he gets uh you know maybe a maybe a different coach that like believes in him. I just feel like Nagy, you know I I don't want to make excuses. He's had every opportunity to make it happen, and sometimes through no fault of his own, he hasn't been able to do it. But I I feel like Nagy. This was kind of like a mean move more than anything. I think the best thing for the organization was to let it play out with Trubisky for more than three games, you know, maybe, maybe six games, but this was definitely a me move. This is Nagy saying, look, I want to see what my offense can do, you know, with somebody else. Cause I, I'm putting this on Mitch. Like, this is like, this is blaming Mitch Trubisky. Like make no mistake about it. Like Nags wants to put it on 
10. That's what he's doing. That's it. That's what he's doing. He's saying, okay, I think my offense is better than what we've been able to produce with this guy. So here's let's let's bring in fucking big dick Nick and you know we'll see what happens. That's what it is. Like it's I don't know if he has a lot of confidence in, in Nick Foles. I just think that he's like, this is a this is this is his shot for himself instead of letting Mitch play through it, see what, you know, and, and that. This is his shot for himself to crash and burn on his terms. You know what I mean? And I think they should have let Mitch go down in fucking flames too. Like they they he threw the bad interception, which is one of the worst interceptions that I've ever seen in my life. You know, that was a horrible play. That was cutlerish right there. But like you I would have liked to have seen him go down in flames, but you can't really argue because they won the game. You know, uh, so that's my thoughts on it. And, um, uh, yeah, I don't even know where to go from here. So uh, that's it. You know, we'll see what happens. I'm going to come back in a week and I'll have a better idea of exactly what I think about it. This is the weirdest fucking three and oh situation that, that could ever, uh, you know, just the weirdest fucking season. And, if the Bears get to 4 and 0 and the offense looks good, I'll start making Super Bowl plans. If they suck, I'm going to be really pissed. And I'm going to be like, "You know what? Fuck Nagy. It's it's this is uh this is a make or break game in in my fandom. The old J-man. Like this is this is uh, you know, we go one of two ways here. And listen, I I don't do like I I I'll I'll fucking uh I my I lose my composure pretty quick. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a Mr. Sunshine type of guy. And I'll let it fucking hang. That's all I'm saying. So, that's it for the Bears. Defense looks defense played well, too, in the fourth quarter. They didn't. Get, they were getting pressure after the quarterback. Uh, Secondary is the best, best group on the, you know, the best position group on the field. Uh, either side of the ball right now. Love Jalen Johnson. Kyle Fuller's my guy. Uh, Eddie Jackson got fucking burned, though. Torched. Yikes! Couple times he's got to tighten that up. Like he was not ready for that first for that first play. Um, you know what's funny? Inside the numbers, go deep in them. Mitch Trubisky was out playing Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan had that deep ball. Without that, he he looked pretty bad. And Mitch was actually out playing him, even with the deep ball. I'm saying, Mitch had the 45 yard run. Uh, quick hook. They won the game. Congratulations. So, but uh, let's move on. Let's fucking move it on. Let's talk about, what do we want to talk about? I had an atrocious gambling week and atrocious. Atrocious. But listen, I'm a slow starter. It's early. I don't hit my stride until like week six or seven. So check back in. Check back in week six or seven. I, I, I was 0-6 to start it. I think I finished... I finished uh, 11 and 14 with an 0 and 6 start. So that's, uh, you know what I mean? I hit, I hit the, uh, the bet of the week. Let's go bet of the week. I went Miami minus 12 over Florida State after losing my first six bets uh, of, the, of the college football weekend, including the Thursday and Friday game. Uh, 
But I did hit the Miami FSU game. FSU is a fucking shit show. That is that, like, I feel like my childhood is a fucking lie watching Florida State football. They turned in to, like, Maryland at some point in my life, and I just, like, am not ready to accept it yet. But I think I got to accept it. And the you might be back, you know, who, who, who knows? But, you know, gone are the days of Charlie Ward and who else? Charlie Ward and my guy Peter Warwick. I, I hated FSU back then, but that's, the mark, that's when you know you're a good fucking program when everybody else hates you besides your own fans. Uh, so, but, uh, yeah, I had a pretty good uh, – I went four and three in football picks, capped it off by uh, Monday night. Took the Chiefs three and a half. They covered. They're they're like give the Chiefs a reason to give a shit, and they're gonna fucking they're just gonna. I mean, Patrick Mahomes looked as good as I've seen him look last night. I've watched a lot of Patrick Mahomes games. I've never seen him. Like, he still misses throws, but uh, that throw that he made to uh, I think it was I think it was Sammy Watkins. I think it was Sammy where he got hit. Like, he took a step to his left, got hit, and fucking chucked it. Uh, I thought that the contract was stupid, but watching that game, I'm, I might be, like, coming around. They they need to really stop with the Deshaun Watson. Like, when they talk about, like, when they throw shots at Mitch and the fucking, and that whole thing, and they make fun of the Bears, that's fine, but they need to, they need to stop adding Watson into that. Because if you watch that game, like, he's 0-3, and he can't throw for 300 yards without DeAndre Hopkins. Like, they got shut out in the second half of that game. They were winning that game in Pittsburgh, so I don't want to hear about schedules tough because they didn't compete against the Chiefs. They didn't compete against the Ravens at all. And and uh, they had the lead against the Steelers at halftime. So save the, you know, he's, he's, he's so overrated. He is so overrated. I've watched a, a, a fucking Baker's dozen of his games over the last couple of years, and, he misses throw like if we if we went after his game film like we do Mitch and we just fucking every throw. You want to talk about some overthrows and some misses on some deep balls. Like there there's some people actually in my Twitter feed that uh, like they do that with with Deshaun Watson and because of the Trubisky narrative and it the, the film doesn't lie. Like Deshaun Watson is not like Russell Wilson is the guy that we think Deshaun Watson is. And it's it's probably going to get worse. And I don't like Bill O'Brien. Is he a, like we act like we know what who good coaches are and shit when like really we don't really have any idea. You know, is Bill O'Brien the problem? I don't like look at the film. Guys are open. Sean Watson doesn't make the throws that he should for a fucking forty million dollar a year quarterback. Oh, get the fuck out of here. That's why this is that's the thing that bothers me. It's just the narratives. It's not even. It's not even. Like Trubisky, fine. You want to think he sucks? That's great. But then, like, but at the same time, you fucking you, Deshaun Watson's the greatest thing you've ever seen. You know, at the same time, Nick Foles is the fucking goat. It's that uh, you know, that's what bothers me. I don't care, but have some fucking reasons. You know, give me a fucking reason. Now, I will say if, if Nick Foles comes out in the visor on Sunday, I'll feel better about it. Even though he sucked last week with the visor on, I'll still feel better. Um, listen, bowling, week, bowling night last night, the hangover's getting worse. It's not getting any better. 
Like, I got shit-faced, and it's not getting any better. This would be a rough one in the office. Kudos to me for getting a job that I can work from home at. So, Cubs today. How about a little Cubs preview? Diehard Cub fan. Diehard Cub fan. Uh, they got the Marlins. I hate the fucking draw. A lot of people think that it's better to play a shit team. I don't like the pressure of it. I would rather play a better team in the playoffs, but... I mean, the Marlins are like the prototype. Like, they are the team that everybody was like, well, there's there's one team that's going to, in a 60-game season, they're going to overachieve, win some games that they shouldn't, get hot, and get into the playoffs. Ladies and gentlemen, your 2020 Miami Marlins are that team. And now they got the Cubs. And I think that people would have been all right with the Cubs losing in the playoffs and considered the season a success because they won despite the fact that their offense hit 200 at Wrigley Field as a fucking team. But if they lose to the Marlins, it's going to be a disaster and there's going to be like anarchy on on fucking Twitter and on the internet. So we're not out of the woods yet. We got to beat the Marlins and I think it'll be okay. But um, I don't even know, like just a quick, let's, let's, let's get a live look at the fucking... Let's get a live look at the Ross at the Marlins roster here really quick. Cause um, you know, I'm struggling with the with the depth chart. Uh I know they got Garrett Cooper. That's a name that I can give you. Garrett Cooper. Uh okay, Sandy Alcantara starting game one. They got Pablo Lopez. Uh Sixto Sanchez is on that team. That's right. So that's there's your game one. It'll probably go on Alcantara, Sixto, and then Pablo. Uh, Brandon Kinsler's their closer. That's right. Brandon Kinsler, uh, Chicago cut. Like that's a name that should be familiar to some Cubs fans out there. They're running out Brett, Brett, Brad Boxberger. Uh, there's another name that I know. Um, wow. They're pit. They're, they're fucking bullpen, dude. Like this is a team that's rebuilding. Like make no mistake about it, (laughs) but they probably have, just enough to beat the Cubs. Like they got Jorge Alfaro, Chad Wallach as their catchers. Francisco Cervelli is on the fucking injured list, so he's not even going to play in. Jesus Aguilar is the first baseman for this team. Uh, we we're familiar with him. Jazz Chisholm uh, is who they're running out at second base. A twenty-two year old. He wears number seventy. Uh, he's a lefty. Wow, weighs 184 pounds. We got Brian Anderson at third. Uh, I know who that is. Miguel Rojas is the shortstop. Uh, Their outfield, Matt Joyce, Corey Dickerson, and Starling Marte. Yeah, so yeah, they have just enough. Like, like, like Corey Dickerson and Matt Joyce are some scrappy lefties. You know, they're just some slapdick fucking. Corey Dixon's got some power. Marte, like, this this lineup sucks. But they got just enough to beat the Cubs. Like, you Darvish and Kyle Hendricks are going to have to win every game. Like, they, they cannot afford to lose. You know what I mean? Uh, the Marlins have nothing to lose either. There's no pressure on them. This is, like, make no mistake about it. All the pressure's on the Cubs. They need Schwarber to show up. They need... Baez to show up. Uh, Chris Bryant's got to play like a superstar. If they want to really make a run and like actually feel like they have a chance to win anything, 
Chris Bryant's gonna have to gonna have to have like a a one a twelve hundred one point two eight seven OPS, nothing less. You know, hit fucking bombs. Um, what else? Uh, you know, they're Rizzo's gonna have to show up. Uh, they're just gonna have to pitch well. They're gonna have to get some bullpen, fucking spotty bullpen efforts going. Like you know, they're not gonna rely on like Tapera. Is he on the postseason roster? They're not, they can't rely on that guy. You know, we can't have that guy pitching in high leverage situations. Um, so you know, there you have it. You know, let's uh let's pitch Kyle Hendricks and you Darvish every game. Let's have him go seven and let's go let's go Jeffress. Kimbrel's actually he didn't give up any runs in September. He's he's back in my good graces. I wouldn't like like that's a guy that you we need like we're gonna have to rely on him. So we might as well get behind him. That's another thing about me. I'm a loyal guy. I you can get back in. Like once I give up, like I don't ever give up on anybody. But once I I write you off, you can get back in and I'm all the way back on. You know what I mean? And so Kimbrel has my confidence restored. He's going to have to get the ball at some point. He's going to have to get a big out in this postseason. So I got no choice. It's like, it's like living in the town, you know, with one, with one hot babe, you know, like I had, like, do I like her? Yes. I have no choice. So let's, uh, let's give a little, um, how about the socks? One Oh, stupidest fucking like the Oakland, like Billy Bean. Like, why did he start a, like, did somebody tell Billy Bean that a lefty was going to start the first game one against the White Sox? Because I don't think Billy, like, I don't think he got the memo. Because <laughs> I don't think he would have let that happen. Uh, the Sox haven't lost a game to a lefty starter all season long. And you're in, in the first, let's get a live look here, just a live action. Let's get a live action roster shot here. Oakland A's. Boom. Who are we bring? Like, talk about the two obscure fucking lineups. The A's are always good. They win a million games in the regular season, but they always they don't have enough firepower to win in the postseason when you fucking, you know, consolidate everything to like a small series, five, seven games. But they have enough to like win over the long haul because they have, you know, they're a computer generated fucking team. Chris Bassett pitching a day, and, and the, the, the White Sox could end it right here. If the A's beat Keiko today, though, then the Sox are in trouble. Like, I feel like whoever wins, like, the Sox have to win today. But you got guys like Mike Fires on the A's, Liam Hendricks, good closer. Jesus Lazardo started yesterday. Today's his birthday, as a matter of fact. Shout out, Jesus. Jesus, happy birthday to you, bud. Um, Got put in a bad spot. So Sean Manea, TJ Farland, Mike Miner is still alive, and he's in Oakland. Frank Montes, a former Chicago White Sox farmhand. Um, Joachim Soria, he's on the A's. Who would have known? Uh, I've never heard of any of their catchers. They got Tommy LaStella and Jake Lamb. In the infield, those that's like the you don't get any more Billy Bean money ball than Tommy Lestella, Jake Lamb. Uh, Matt Chapman is hurt though, that's huge for them. That sucks. That's the one guy I think that's their superstar. 
That's the one guy you don't. That's the one guy you need, and he's that. That's a huge loss right there. So uh, Matt Olson, Marcus Simeon, he's good. Um, and this is without any stats. Uh, like I'd be lying to you if I told you I watched one inning of an Oakland A's game this year. Mark Kana, Chris Davis, Tony Kemp. In case you're wondering where Tony Kemp is, he is an outfielder in the Oakland for the Oakland A's. Uh, Ramon Loriano, I like that guy just because he hates the fucking Astros. So uh, I'm a Loriano guy. Uh, and Steven Piscotti. This is like you cannot get any more of an Oakland A's roster than that. Uh, Robbie Grossman is there too. Like it doesn't get any. Chris Davis is a big bat, I guess. But honestly, like you don't get any more. Like this is this is Tampa Bay Rays. Like them, the Rays are just like the Tampa Bay Rays or the Oakland A's East. Like the small payrolls, but they find a way to 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 win a lot of games. So yeah. I don't know. And the Rays are the number one seed in the AL. So, like, how does that? Let's let's take a look at their let's take a look at their roster real quick. Live look. Or no. Is there anything else that we want to talk about? Like the, yeah. I don't I don't know. Let's go. I mean, four teams from the NL Central are in are in. Um You know, you got the Brewers sneaking in against the Dodgers. They're gonna they're gonna I mean, two out of, the, the thing about it is, is like the Cubs lost three or four to the Pirates. So, you know, a three-game series, you could run into a fucking couple, you know, three-run homer and a grand slam, and the next thing you know, you're up one to nothing. And, and you got all the momentum, and, like, there's an avalanche of pressure on the Dodgers type of shit, you know. Win game one, and then, and then we're talking. Which is possible for anybody, really. I mean, let's fucking face it. Uh, you know, the Reds. Who is it? Uh, Reds. Cardinals are playing the Padres. So, I like the Padres in that one. I can't remember who the Reds are playing. I don't have a fucking bracket in front of me. But, uh, you know, this is some good radio here. Uh, Nick Anderson, Diego Costello. Tyler Glass now is good for the Rays. You got Charlie Morton. He's going to start a game. Uh, Willie Adames, Jimin Choi, uh, Yandy Diaz, Brandon Lowe, Nate Lowe, Brett Phillips, Hunter Renfro in the outfield, Manuel Margot, Kevin Kermeyer. Where's my guy? Who's the guy they got from the Pirates last year that fucking came out and was just shitting all over everything? He's. Uh, apparently he's not there anymore. Like, what happened? Where did that guy go? Because they could use him. He must be hurt. Austin Meadows. Um. So anyway, that there it is. Let's. Uh. I'm gonna give. Let's. Let's. Let, I'm just gonna pick him real quick. I'm just gonna give you. I'm gonna give you my picks here. Should be easy. Just a real quick. I got the bracket pulled up. All right. Did. I did have the bracket pulled out. I guess it's not going to give me just like a one click. Here we go. I got the uh, oh the Reds and the Braves. That's actually a really good series. That's offense versus pitching and that one. And they say pitching wins uh, in the playoffs. So 
But that's a tough shit. Like, Bauer. Like, I hate fuck. Fuck Joey Votto. He's a quirky little fucking asshole. Loves to talk shit. Loves to start shit. So, and I've seen enough of him over the last decade. I, like, Joey Votto can't get out of my life soon enough. Hates the Cubs. Fuck that guy. So, I, you know what? And Trevor Bauer, you know, I liked him at first. Getting a little much for me. You know what I mean? Like, my meter is starting to top out for for what I have left for Trevor Bauer. But, um, so I'll probably watch some baseball today. Yankees beat the shit out of Bieber and the Indians. That can't feel good. That's going to, like, the morale is a little probably low right there when you beat the American League MVP as a pitcher and you shit on him. Uh, that's... You know, that's going to bring the confidence level of your team down. <laughs> uh, Astros and the Twins, the Astros won. Fuck the Astros. They can't get out of this thing soon enough. Somebody beat them. I don't care who it is. Somebody beat them. They're under 500. They suck. Look at their batting averages from 2017 to now. Best graphic on the internet right now. They're all like 50 points lower. Um, There it is. Let's go. Uh, Tampa Bay and the Jays. Good. Uh, like the Blue Jays are dangerous. The White Sox are dangerous. I forgot to even talk about them. The White Sox are dangerous, but I think that they peaked already. Now, if Giolito and Keiko are pitching well, they can beat anybody, right? But, especially in a three-game series. When you're talking seven-game series, it gets a little hairy. gets a little sketchy. You're going to need another guy to step up, at least at some point. But they can win this first series. They have a lot of firepower, so they're dangerous. I don't think anybody wants to play them. Uh, who knows what's going on with Aloy? Uh, not to be confused with Eloy, it's Aloy. So who knows if he's going to play nursing a foot. You got Jose Abreu is the best player on that team. Like, let's fucking face it. MVP is it Pito? Like he's the guy. He like, he's the one that everybody said was expendable when all these fucking big dick prospects came up and he's the best like where would they be without him you know because you didn't get anything out of yon this year or yoan like not as much as you thought you would for sure uh louis robber like i don't want to say that he had a bad year but the start that he got off to he didn't live up to expectations but he still has five tools and you could say what you want but he didn't make enough contact for me to to like i get some big like fucking mediocre vibes out of him like people are gonna call me crazy because of the narrative like everybody's sucking his dick but like is he a perennial all-star he's gonna play really good in center field is he a superstar like global icon mike trout type of thing even though nobody knows who mike trout is outside of baseball fans i don't know i i don't see it personally but i've been wrong before so uh, but they got a lot of firepower and they can win. They can win and they could they could go on a run. And they have two starting pitchers at least who you feel good about. So White Sox, the f- game one was big. The A's went with the lefty. That was dumb as shit. So moving on, game two. They got to finish it today though. They have to finish it today. So that's... uh. You know, say what you will, but they, yeah, they got to get it. They got to get it done today. Um, what else? Who? Uh, oh, the finals. LeBron versus the Heat. That's a fun matchup. I like the Heat. They got a lot of fun players. They got a lot of likable guys over there. 
You know, you got Jimmy, Jimmy Buckets. Uh, you have guys like Bam, Adebayo. You know, he's trying to like take that next step, be a be a stud, like All Star caliber player. Uh, Tyler Harrow, like, show me a guy that benefited more from the the shutdown more than that guy who got to go like who got to who got to develop for another three months and then come back in and play like because uh, he's definitely a different guy now definitely a different guy he's a he's a major major factor for them um you but you got a uh, shout out to my guy Myers Leonard um you know uh Goran Dragic is another likable guy cool guy good player underrated um so they have a they 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 I don't know if they have a chance to win it but the uh, the Lakers are just like with Anthony Davis and LeBron James they I think the I'm I'm just glad that Eric Spolstra got there again you know cuz he didn't get a lot of credit the first run with LeBron and and the fucking on all that shit and that circus or whatever it was they didn't get a lot of they didn't get a lot of credit for that, and now he's back with a team that's not loaded with like stars. Like you can you could really point to like one legitimate all star on that team, and I don't even know if he's like a Hall of Fame caliber player. This is a very this is a team that's the sum of its parts, and so Eric Spolstra this cements him as you know where do you put him like where do you put him in the pantheon? Can I drop pantheon in there? Where do you put him in the pantheon? Because you know, he he had some great talented teams out but not really a lot outside of like his stars before, but we never held that against like Phil Jackson or Greg Popovich or any of those guys, really. Like we just said that they're great coaches and like so now I'm glad that Spolstra's like back there. And this is this says more about like cuz again, not a lot of, like the team's just it, it's not loaded, but it has you know, it needs coached up. You know, it's one of those teams that, like, with a good coach, they can go to the finals. And guess what? They're in the finals. Uh, but I I've, I got to feel like LeBron, Cyborg LeBron is kicked in. He's activated. I really feel like the only team that could beat him the last, when, you know, besides last year, when, you know, when he has a team in the playoffs, I feel like the only team that could beat him was Golden State. Like, no matter what. Like, not the Rockets. I know that there were some other great teams out there, but, like, it didn't matter who else was on his team. LeBron was going to win, except for the Warriors, who happened to be probably the best team of all time. Uh, like, they're an unstoppable juggernaut. There's nothing you could do with people that can just bomb threes like that. And, you know, so I think they would have beat anybody else. So I don't – I can't bet against LeBron – uh, losing in the finals, and I, you know, if I'm not gonna bet on the games, but I would have to go with like the Lakers in like five or six. I think like the Heat will probably win one. Um, I think the uh, like the Heat are gonna have to win game one. Like I don't know how the teams match up or anything like that, but I think LeBron is just LeBron. He's gonna be too much. The question is, <clears throat> excuse me, it's if he wins his fourth ring. Are people going to discredit it? Is that going to be asterisk city? Like when, because now until the end of time, people are going to compare LeBron and Jordan starts at championships. That's where the conversation starts. Are they going to be like LeBron won four, but you know, technically one really doesn't count. I hope not because everybody played the season. Everybody had the same opportunity to win. 
And they played, this isn't like a 60 game abbreviated baseball season. They played 90% of their games, right? I believe or something, or maybe 80 or whatever. So he deserves, I think that, I don't know, it's going to suck if I have to have that conversation later and I'm probably going to have to. Fuck. So, and who knows? I think he's going to play until he's 40. I think he's going to play another five years. So if he gets number four this year, you know, we're going to, we, and if AD stays in LA, you know, we might be talking about, he's going to get close to six. Like he's going to have a shot to get there. And that's really the only way that people are ever going to like put him. And even, I don't know. I think Jordan is just way too, like the legacy, the fucking legacy is just too much there. Like you just, that's, that's like trying to be better than Jesus Christ. It ain't going to happen. Like in, in people's minds, I mean. Like, in people's minds. It's just, I think it's an impossible thing. Jordan has too many moments. You know, Jordan has too many moments, and he's got too much of an iconic image. Shoes, Jumpman, all of it. Dream Team, all that shit. Six, never lost in the finals, even though he didn't even, like, even though he's been swept in the first round before, and... So it, I just think that the perception is is too much to overcome there. Kind of like the perception of Nick Foles, Big Dick Nick, and the perception of Mr. Bisky sucking. Like it's all about perception. It's all about what you want to see. So and and what do we want to see? What are we gonna see on Sunday? Who knows? Um, is there anybody I want to take a shot at? I love taking shots. I hate the fucking media. I got three minutes here. I'm going to burn up this three minutes. I I, uh, I might come back later this week and get some gambling. Maybe I, need, maybe I need to get the gambling market a little bit and fucking get some gambling picks in there. 11 and 14, but I'm coming. I'll, I'll be 500 by the end of next week. And I'm a, like I said, I'm a slow starter. Do I want to take shots? At, you know, I hate the media. I hate the Chicago media. I hate the Champagne media. I... They suck at their job. Um, other than that, I think that's it. I, you know, I mean, am I just going to sit here two minutes? Go Cubs, go Bears. Let's get the four and zero. Let's get the four and zero, and then sort it out later. You know what I mean? Like that's that's where I'm at. Like let's get the four and zero. Nick Foles is the guy. Win a football game, and then let's let's reconvene and sort it out then. So until next time, folks. It's been fun. And uh, you give me some feedback. You know what I'm saying? Like, we'll catch you next time. Blat out. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Walter Payton in the snow against the Chiefs. Try to think about that when you listen to this. Let's go.